Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. Live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4. This is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512 836 0590. Thank you for having me on. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Howdy, Melinda. How are you? I'm doing well, with the exception of. You still don't have an open roof <laughs> to take in gorgeous days like today. Yeah, I've got to get on that, Ed. You need to. That should be a priority. Top Even though priority. I got too much sun this morning, according to many here at the station, I didn't put sunscreen on. And I played golf this morning at Butler Pitch and Putt. So I got a little sun on my face. You got to get that moisturizer that no. has the sunscreen already in it. It That's was a little cloudy. One. Then if the clouds went away. It was a beautiful morning. But yeah, I got to I got to be careful. Yeah, cloudy is worse than sunny That's sometimes. What I hear. Yeah, it can get you. Mm-hmm. We've got Kyle here producing. Thank you for joining us. An appeals court says that New York City cannot allow non-citizens to vote in city elections. This was an appeals court ruling that strikes down a measure that was approved by the New York City Council. You know, this is to me, why is this even a question? They're non-citizens. They should not be able to vote in municipal elections, state elections, or federal elections. There's a process you do, and it's not a citizenship for everybody. or It's not a vote when you get off a boat or you get off a plane or you come across the Rio Grande. Just because you made it here doesn't mean you can go vote. Yeah, and I know the argument to that is, well, they live in these communities. They should be able to make decisions. Well, you know what? If you want to make a decision and be a part of the community, become a citizen. It's as simple as that. This would have affected an estimated 800,000 non-citizens. New York City said if they're in the country legally, they can vote. Uh, But the judges are saying, no, you're violating the state constitution, which specifically says citizens have the right to vote. I don't think any of the three of us could walk over the Canadian border or the Mexican border and say, hey, where's my ballot? Uh, they, they wouldn't allow people to do that. Why should we allow people to do that? It's not right. you got to be a citizen. Do you think this will end what has no. started to become a trend? No, no not at all. I agree with They're you. They're going to continue to push it in hopes that you know just that one state – will allow it to move forward, and then they'll be able to dogpile on top of that. When it's election day, I know you've indicated before, Melinda, your concern is a lot of these non-citizens will show up on federal elections, and the people at the poll that day are not going to check or catch the fact that they're not U.S. citizens, and they're trying to vote in a federal election. Yeah, how, how do you separate that out, and especially if we're talking about California, and I think there's other states, too, that don't want you to have to show any kind of ID or anything to say whether or not you're here uh, legally, illegally, have the right to vote, don't have the right to vote. You're putting a big burden on those election uh, 
the, the people that run the election to make that determination. And guess what? They most likely are going to falter to, OK, I'm just going to allow you to vote because I don't want anyone to be rejected mm-hmm. that should have the right to vote. And then we don't have the knowledge of whether or not those votes get counted. Here are the numbers. You can join the conversation. 512-836-0590. The Austin Chronicle says the city of Austin is dropping the idea of paying $1 million to outside consultants to study the homeless population of Austin. You know, this is, I'm glad, I'm glad they've stopped this because we have so many people on the Austin city staff who could do this very thing. You don't need to go hire some outside firm for a million dollars. And I scratch my head. It seems like we, we spend so much money on the homeless in this town anyway. And we should know our strategy. We should know uh, who's scratching each other's back. We should know everything about this homeless issue because we've dealt with it. Even before Mayor Watson came along, we dealt with it during the the long years of Steve Adler. We should know exactly what our plan is and what we should do. I, I took. I agree with you that I, good that they canceled this, but I took something completely different. It wasn't even the focus on the homeless study being done or not. I took away from this the complete dysfunction of our city of Austin, from the mayor's office to the city manager to the city council. According to this article, they pitched this idea to the city council as if they already had all the funding secured. And city council members are saying that's why they agreed to it. Well, they didn't have that funding secured. There is such dysfunction, non-communication. I mean, this isn't the first thing. I think back to uh, trying to get Acevedo in. Just a whole lot of non-communication, and it is costing us lots of money. Yeah, part of the dysfunction was Travis County said, we're not going to put 400000 into this. And the same thing uh, from the health department. They didn't want to do it. Integral Care said, no, we're not putting up $400,000. So they didn't have enough money to pay these big consultants from D.C. And then on top of it, and I don't know if the mayor and city manager Garza knew that there is a troubling history with this firm that they wanted to give a million dollars with um, and that they, according to this, have worsened in their performance. So, again, you have to question the decision makers there. You're going to give a million dollars to a firm that is not, doesn't appear to be on the up and up altogether? I just, I, I just scratched my head. I like Kirk Watson. I'm glad he's mayor. But when they say things like we've got to find a comprehensive review of homeless services, we should already know. We should already know what we're doing, where the money's going, the success rate, and so forth. That's the thing that I complained about so many years ago with Steve Adler. It was a shotgun effect. Let's buy a hotel here. Let's do this here. Let's do that. Let's well, do that. And I question, what's the point of the homeless department? We have a homeless czar that heads up a department. Mm-hmm. What's the point of them if they're not the ones doing this kind of thing? It's a waste of money. Absolutely. And time. 512-836-0590. We told you yesterday that President Biden announced he was wiping away more college loan debt for thousands of Americans. Then he went on the campaign trail in California. And he was telling people at the event, 
MAGA Republicans tried to stop me from doing this, and the U.S. Supreme Court tried to stop me from doing this, but they did not stop me from canceling the debts. You know, I think the MAGA Republicans are vastly different from the Supreme Court. That's just a shot at his opponent, Donald Trump. That's, that is the underlying message we will hear from now through November. But the Supreme Court acted on this, and he is just sticking his middle finger to the Supreme Court saying, yeah, you ruled against me, but yada-da-da-da-da, I'm still going to do this. Yeah, imagine fundraising over the fact that you're not abiding by the Supreme Court ruling. That, and then turn around and say that Trump or these MAGA Republicans are the dictators. Really? You're saying that our biggest court of the land gave a ruling, but you don't care, you know better, and you're going to go against it. It's not going to stop you. You don't have to listen to the Supreme Court. That sounds like a threat to democracy to me. Well, that's that does sound like a threat. There we Absolutely. have we have separation of powers, and we must respect the judiciary and uh, the congressional side and the administration. And that's not showing any respect at all. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Steve, you're on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Steve. Hi. You were talking about the the illegal. Uh, well, okay. The what do you call them now? <laughs> anyway. The non-citizens being able to vote. Yes. And Ed said, Ed said, why is it even a question? Well, I think we ought to start making a list of things that why is it even a question? Because it's going to be a long list. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like uh, men competing in women's sports would be number two on there. That is going to be a long list. You're right oh, about that, is, Steve. Steve. Thank you, know, you. Have a good afternoon, sir. Immigration, Steve, you're exactly right. Why is it even a question when we have these thousands upon thousands, we have rules in place right now. We have rules in place. We've got laws in place, but it's people are looking the other way because of the raw numbers. 512-836-0590. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed, 212 at KLBJ. Enjoy the podcasts of Mark, Melinda, and Ed at your convenience. You'll find them on NewsRadioKLBJ.com or via the free KLBJ app. An 18-year-old drug dealer in Hayes County has pleaded guilty to murder in connection with a fentanyl overdose death, and he's been sentenced to 10 years in prison, according to KXAN. You know, from the outset, it doesn't sound very long to me, Mark. 10 years in a state, you're going to serve a third of that. Uh, I don't know. It seems a little light to me. He was identified as a drug dealer who sold the deadly pill uh, to the teenager. I think it should be more than that. And I also want them to take the next next step. Go find his supplier, which more than likely will lead to Mexico and which will lead to China. So It is extremely light considering uh, he was out on bond from selling fentanyl-laced drugs mm-hmm. uh, for a previous arrest. When are they going to stop? Ten years is not a long time when you are talking about someone who is knowingly aware of selling fentanyl, the the dangers that goes with it, has been arrested for doing so in the past, obviously hadn't even served time for that, was out on bond. And then continued to pick up where they were where he left off. And he's going to only get 10 years for for this, now, it's it's ludicrous. I and think, it's a, it's another plea bargain agreement. Yep. He pleaded is. guilty to a murder charge. Investigators determined this 18-year-old knew he was selling fentanyl. He knew of the dangers of fentanyl. 
before he delivered it to the teenage victim who died? I don't know. Maybe some people think in the DA's office or some other think it it takes two to tango with this. The person bought that illegal drug, not knowing it was going to kill him, but still they bought that drug and they took that drug. But 10 years doesn't seem a very long sentence to me either, Mel. We, I, I don't know when we became a, a nation of plea agreements. I, I think there's a time and a place for them, but not to be used in every case for every type of crime. And that's what we are seeing. It's kind of two days in a row we've had this. The guy yesterday with 10 years probation for killing the 13-year-old probation. We, this is two days in a row from our DA's office. I think when state lawmakers created this new charge of murder in connection with fentanyl overdose deaths, what they had in mind was really severe punishment for these drug dealers, not plea bargain agreements that end up with 10 years in prison for the drug dealers. Yeah, The hope was that it would send a message, it's not tolerated, and people would stop providing this drug. Yes, exactly. It should be a deterrent. Oh, look what happened to him. He got 50 years mm-hmm. for murdering someone, knowingly selling fentanyl. Yeah, You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. Call or text to join the conversation. KXAN is reporting that AISD is busy recalculating high school senior GPAs and high school class ranks. And they are feverishly trying to get all of this done. Boy, this is nightmare city for for parents and for seniors because there is a lot at stake in here. Top 6% gets in automatically at the University of Texas. This would be a a devastating blow if you think right now and you check your rank here on in the late February and you're in the top 5%, but uh uh-oh, you're now kicked out to, to, you know, your top 7% or 10%. This should not be a, this should not be happening AISD. You it, should have been on top of this. It shouldn't be happening and it's just another result of lowering the bar. The reason this is happening is because AISD decided, okay, it's a pass or an incomplete. We're not going to give you an ABCD and I don't probably they don't even offer up F anymore, but we're not going to give you a letter grade. Instead, we're going to say You turned in your work or you didn't turn in your work. And now it is having implications possibly for students trying to get into universities. KXAN says one semester during the pandemic is when the pass, uh, the P grade was used. It was spring of 2020. But AISD says there were inconsistencies in how the system was interpreted or assigned the value of P for passing. How do you not interpret I, that correctly? It's, it's pass-fail. <laughs> it is pass-fail. You have two options there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but pass-fail, how do you then go about ranking someone? You can't. If you have, you know, 100 kids that all have a pass, you can't, how no. do you decide which one passed better than the other pass? How did they discover this, you ask? KXAN says it was one family that started raising objections or questions about how their student was ranked and assessed. And when AISD started looking into this, they said, you know what? This family is right. We have a mess on our hands. Mark, we have one of the highest paid school superintendents in the state of Texas. I know he's new, but he's, he was the interim. 
but this should never be happening. You're you're dealing with the futures of a lot of students out there. 512-836-0590. Danny wants to comment on the Hayes County plea bargain agreement for the fentanyl dealer who pleaded guilty to a murder charge in connection with the death of a teenager. Hi, Danny. Welcome. How are you today? Doing well. Thank you for having me on. I wanted to actually answer that question. It's a theory. I don't, I, I don't really have anything to base it off of other than what I see happening in society. But I think the reason they're giving out these light sentences is because they know that society is going to be far harsher than they will. So it's kind of, in a sense, like backwards justice. But, I mean, in a lot of places, they won't let felons live in any community. Uh, so essentially, uh, the guy's going to be sitting on a underpass somewhere here in the, in the near future, if not within three months. So it's almost like justice is going to be lifelong served, even if it's only a short sentence. I don't know where you, how you get that. Well, Who will be on a park bench? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so we would like to see this guy behind bars indefinitely out of society but even if he isn't in jail for a very long time even if he's out in society anyway society's not going to accept him so he's going to be pushed off into some society well, how is society going to know well that's a good question yes sir well and two he's in the business of selling drugs i don't think that they take a resume on if you've been you know, convicted or sentenced to anything. I think they say, if you're going to bring me in my profit from this, go for it. Here's the drugs. And then you're preying on people that are that are out there. And yes, they do have some culpability in deciding uh-huh. that they're taking that drug. But uh, when you're out there knowingly selling fentanyl that you know is killing people, I don't I don't think he's going to give that up. No, I don't think he is either. I'm I just figured it was a theory and maybe might explain it, but as far as an answer to it, the guy should definitely stay as far away from being able to do that for as long as possible. Yeah, we agree with mm-hmm. you on that point, Danny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks so much. You have a great afternoon, sir. 512-836-0590-223 now. Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Last year, President Biden announced a new immigration policy designed to tighten up on asylum claims. It was challenged in federal court by the American Civil Liberties Union and others, and now it's in federal court being battled out, and a particular federal judge is accusing the Department of Justice of now siding with the opponents of this policy. The Department of Justice siding with the ACLU intentionally to take down this policy. Yeah, and... The judge is coming up with that because, as Mark just said, the Biden administration was opposed to uh, the immigration activists that were saying you you can't tighten up the asylum rules, uh, that it would be a total breakdown. The government said it'd be a total breakdown if the asylum rules were overturned. But yet now the Biden administration has asked these judges to put the case on ice so that it can negotiate a settlement, I'm guessing, with the ACLU. Mm-hmm. So this judge really went after the Biden administration, saying, how is it that for months 
And in our court, you were saying, we have to do this. We have to have tighter asylum laws. And now you're coming and saying, no, maybe we don't. Which one is it? And and the judge was right when the judge pointed out, look, if you settle this out of court with the ACLU, you could tie the hands of the next president. And that may have been their game plan all along. It very well may have been. Because there are other cases like the Flores case that was settled in the 90s, and it is still hamstringing efforts to control the borders in 2024. So th- this might have long-lasting implications for our entire system. But that should never be allowed, that you go in front and argue for this and then turn around and make a settlement. Right. Um with the people that you were arguing against to start with. I love what they said. It's hard to avoid an impression that the administration is snatching defeat from the jaws of victory by doing the opposite. 512-836-0590. Martha is with us on the Great Point Average story from the Austin schools. Hello, Martha. Welcome. How are you? Hi. Well, I, I think the ASD issue is huge, but I also think UT has an issue and also, the TEA or the legislature, whoever lets the school districts decide how to do the GPAs. My grandson is 18th in his class. He's a National Merit Scholar finalist. He has taken every math class that he could. He's taken all the sciences, including chemist, um, physics, too. He cannot get into UT in computers or engineering, and the way his GPA is figured is they count sports and they count the arts. A a lot of other districts do not. They just do the academics. So his average is much lower than kids that decide to only do athletics. And he he can... I'm sorry, only do academic subjects. Uh Because he, they took more honors courses. But he can still get in UT, but he just can't get in those colleges, correct? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ugh. Martha, thank you. Good luck That's with tough. all of that. That's tough. 512-836-0590. We have news headlines next on KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. Now, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Thanks a lot for joining us. It is 2.32. Kyle is here producing. A federal judge has blocked a new California law that would have allowed citizens of California, the state of California, and local governments to sue the gun industry that manufactures or sells what California calls abnormally dangerous guns this this thing made no sense by the california group and governor gavin newsom because abnormally dangerous guns all guns are dangerous all guns are dangerous and we have something called the second amendment these are legal products a pistol a shotgun an ar deer rifle they're legal products millennia you know better than any any of us about guns how even the simplest handgun can be very, very dangerous. This is just a way to try to have gun control that's backfired with the California group. Well, as you just put it, the simplest handguns. Handguns are the leading cause uh, or the leading, the, the gun that's used the most when it comes to crime. So, 
Yes, absolutely ridiculous to call something abnormally dangerous. That just goes to show California is is not sincere about any of this. But I agree with this judge that said this was unconstitutional because what it effectively does is it kind of stops the commerce of guns. If someone were to purchase somewhere else and move here and that gun was used elsewhere, it would essentially be saying that then you can go after, you know, a gun that was sold in Tennessee and it keeps it out of the border of just California, which you don't have the right to do. Yeah. In fact, the uh, judge really did not address the Second Amendment in the ruling. It was all about the Interstate Commerce Clause. 512-836-0590. Beth wants to weigh in on the story of the Austin schools having to recalculate GPAs and class ranks for seniors. Hi, Beth. How are you today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Very well. Thank you, Beth. So, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about the GPA thing. Um, I was a high school choir director here in the area, and we had this problem because the students in the fine arts classes, their grades are not weighted. And so if a student got a 100 in our class, it actually lowered their GPA. And um, so it's not consistent across the state. So we had students in other areas, let's say in Dallas and Houston, where their programs, their districts allowed their programs to develop um, extra work for the students that were in the fine arts programs, where they could get, um, their grade would end up being weighted heavier. And so that helped those students' GPAs. But our district would not allow that. And so our students' GPAs were actually being lowered by doing well in our classes. So um, it was not consistent across the state. And so we would have students drop our classes just because of that particular issue. And um, so then there was a lot of talk about, well, maybe they shouldn't get any credit for our classes. And we're like, well, that doesn't help anything either. I will tell you there's a story um, that happened while I was still teaching. I'm retired now. Uh, There was an all-state trombone player. I can't remember what school he was from. But he was seventh in his class at his high school, and he and the Val and the Sal all applied to MIT. And MIT actually picked him over the Val and the Sal because he actually did something with his life besides sit around and do homework all the time and study. Val and so, Sal, Val Victorian Salutatorian you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, okay. So they actually selected him because he did something else with his life besides just studying. Um, Beth, does it surprise you that it took the AISD two years to discover this problem? uh, It does surprise me because, um, (laughs) I mean, fine arts people, we talk about this all the time with our admins, and admins have a tendency just to look at you and say, okay, well, we're not going to do anything about that because it sounds like work. Wow. Even though, That's disconcerting. Even though we're the ones that would be doing the work, they just didn't want to fool with it because, well, if we do it for you, then we'll have to do it for other subjects too. And then, you know, they just don't want to, they That's think they're terrible. opening a can of worms. And that's Beth, Beth, thank you. Have a good afternoon. That, we appreciate it. On our first comment, that's absurd. If someone makes a hundred in her fine arts class, it's going to lower their GPA. That's absurd. Patently, 
an unequivocally absurd. Don't you have to take some things a lot in the fine arms realm or that that extracurricular, whatever that is? I thought that was part of it. So why would it lower? Uh, It's it's nuts. And yeah, two years is way too long for this to be going on. That the Austin ISD did, and had that family not come forward, they would still be miscalculating. Yes, that's right. CNBC says. It has done an exclusive interview with the commissioner of the IRS, Danny Werfel. And Werfel says that he thinks $150 billion of tax revenue each year is not flowing into the government from millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, they've decided they were going to spend some of the money that Congress sent them, that that, that big packet of money, yeah. Uh, to start really cracking down on what they call the wealthy taxpayers. And they're launching several programs. I thought the the part about them looking into audit owners own of private, the private jets, jets yeah, yeah. yeah, and seeing, okay, are they being truthful when they're saying that they use this jet for business? Are they actually telling us when they use it for private? How are you going to find that out? I know they said that they're going to start enlisting the help of AI to do that, mm-hmm. um, I ju- it just seems like a big task. And again, I go back, when it comes to the IRS and them saying people aren't paying their fair share, I go back to the way that the tax codes are written. They allow for there to be certain things that you claim that you don't have to, that you end up not paying right. on it. So and until they fix the tax code and how it's written where there's, I don't know if you call them loopholes or just They're loopholes. I think so. Then, then you're going to continue to have this if they are using what is in writing to legally file their taxes. I don't know how you can continue to go after them when they're just using the tax code as it's written. Just remember, the federal government's problem is spending. It's not revenue. They are collecting record amounts of revenue. The spending side is the problem here. So don't don't fall for this line that we would be much better off if the millionaires and billionaires agree, were paying more. 512-836-0590. A former coach at KDAISD has been sentenced to four months in jail. The accusation was he was improperly touching multiple female students on campus at the KDISD. Yet again, we have one of those plea agreements. He pled guilty to improper relationship Eight years of deferred adjudication, uh, as well as the 120 days in jail. Yes, he does have to forfeit his teaching license. Cannot have contact with kids under 17. But here we go again. This is not a stiff penalty for an individual that took advantage of his position. Two 15-year-old girls in September said he would hug them, grab their waist, their rear end, and then said, don't tell anyone. Three other girls came forward after that. You're right, Melinda, four months. That's a slap on the wrist. And he was charged with spanking them, two girls, in a private room on campus. You know, that's. I thought if they have corporal punishment, you need to have some witness in there too. That's inappropriate. I'm gl- it's, it's criminal. I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're taking away his teacher certificate. I hope the guy cannot go around the system and go get a job as a coach somewhere else in this state or some other state.
Well, and that's what needs to be followed up on, because many times we hear that they're they're getting their license revoked or they've been turned into whatever that system is where you're supposed to be on the do not hire. But there's no follow through. And some of these teachers don't ever get placed on that and they get hired at another district. 512-836-0590 to join the discussion. Call or text us. It's 241. Mark, Melinda and Ed. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. And you can stream the show live on your digital device via the free news radio KLBJ app. Now, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Thank you for joining us. 245, Robert wants to weigh in on the CNBC story about the comments from the head of the IRS. Hello, Robert. Welcome. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, Go ahead, please. Thank you. Yeah, hi. You know, so um, I don't know a lot of rich people. I know two gentlemen that are, well, we would all consider pretty rich, but not, you know, excessive. Everywhere they go, everything they do, somehow they write it off. If they go overseas, it's a, it's a business trip. They may take their family and go skiing or this, that, and the other thing. But somewhere in there, there's a business trip involved in it. If they go out of state, it's a business trip. Some way, somehow, everywhere and everything they do, they write it off. And I imagine the higher up the food chain you are, the big, big, big boys, it's much, much more of of that. Melinda hit the nail on the head earlier, Robert, when she said it's the tax code. And it is the tax code. And if you have good accountants and CPAs, they can identify where you can say, yes, this was for business. This is for business. That was for business. They are there. It just takes people to look for them and hope they don't get audited by the IRS to go to take a deep dive in these things. That's what I think. You're, you're absolutely correct. Thank you, guys. Robert, thank you. Have a good day. Were you going to make a comment, Melinda? Again, if the IRS were sincere about going after it, they would take a look at the tax code. When you have a code that is legal to use, and I mean, you can't fault these people for saying, let's see what all we can write off legally and then doing so. Let's go to Bob on Palmer Lane. It's 247 at KLBJ. Good afternoon, Bob. Hi there. Good afternoon. I know y'all really hate quotes, but here's a over 100-year-old quote from a Supreme Court justice. Learned hand, anyone may arrange his affairs so that his taxes shall be as low as possible. He is not bound to choose that pattern which best pays the treasury. There is not even a patriotic duty to increase one taxes. And lower down, he says, nobody owes any public duty to pay more than the law demands. Amen to that. Amen. <laughs> uh, you, if it's there isn't and you like can... What you're, isn't that what you're saying, Melinda? It is. If that's the way it's, it's written, like, oh. then they're taking... Then, and it's not even taking advantage of it. They're just doing what the law states, what the tax code you know, states. It, a year ago, everybody was griping about all the celebrities that got to keep their PPP money. Well, the tax code allowed it. That's the way the law was written. 
Uh, Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Yeah. 512-836-0590. A judge in Texas has made a ruling in a long-running battle over a high school student's hairstyle and length. The AP says that the judge in this case has ruled in favor of the school and the school district, Melinda. Yeah, it is nuts to me that it even got to this point. You had an individual that I, I think he had twisted locks or whatever, yeah, and the family says that he would put it on top of his head. However, if they were down, uh, the school district says it violated the length of the hair code that they had for guys. It is, absolutely, in my opinion, absolutely ridiculous that this ended up in front of a judge, but it did. And the judge said it doesn't violate the Crown Act because the Crown Act never mentions anything about length of hair. It only talks about the style. Um, so what this means now, does the boy move to a different district that will allow for this? He hasn't really been going to this district. He's been like an alternative school. Yeah, uh, I've never been and went to the real school. And, yeah. um, or does he end up having to cut his hair okay, just to here, go? Here's my, here's my deal. It's 2024. Back in 1972, Brownwood High School a person in this room led the effort for longer hair to be allowed at Brownwood High School. Did you have a mohawk? Or no, the, what was, was that party in the back? No, I didn't have a mohawk. I just had long hair. And I went to the school board, and I was shot down by the school board, and they kept the deal about no lower than the collar. This is, this is such nonsensical item to me. What do we care about a kid's hair anymore? Why do you care about that? It's all about learning. I don't care if this kid had his hair on top of his head. I got some, you know, my nephew's kids, they got long hair. I don't care. Go to school and learn, kids. Yeah, this is extremely ridiculous at the school district. Would do I mean, my goodness, it, it's hair, the length, it shouldn't matter. Girl, Girls are allowed to have longer hair. Is that a distraction? Why would it be a distraction for a guy? I'm with you. In this day and age, this really shouldn't be something right. that is a huge concern for the school districts when we are having a hard time with these kids learning, period. 512-836-0590. In the Houston area, ABC 13 News has interviewed a victim, a victim who was victimized by a guy who's now charged with capital murder and the death of that little girl found in the Trinity River. Oof. This girl was victimized by this monster several years ago in Brazoria County. And she says, I think Brazoria County failed me, and now they have failed little Audrey and possibly more. Because in this case, the girl in Brazoria County, this guy got off with a very light sentence. Yeah, Mark and I talked about this yesterday afternoon about how this monster crawled into this young girl's bed. She was 10 at the time. And tried to start taking off her her pants. Mm. Uh, thankfully, she was able to get away from him. But for some reason, the I don't I guess it was the judge, the prosecutor, someone decided not to go after the charge that he was originally charged with, and which allowed for him not to have to register as a sex offender. Really, not spend that much time behind bars. It really is. It's, it really is a disservice to her. And then for us to now be talking about him killing an 11-year-old girl. He did six months behind bars. Six months. And she says, uh, I just think about 
If I had not escaped him, he probably would have ended up killing me as well. Here she is, Carissa Davis, who spoke with ABC 13. And he came into the room that me and my cousin were sleeping in, tried to take down my pants, and I immediately jumped up at that moment. I remember looking at him and saying, do you know how old I am? He grabbed me, and when he did, I just swung my arm and I hit him. She was 10 at the time. He was a guest of a big party gathering that was going on there, and he stayed into the night. Everybody else was asleep when he went into this room, and uh, he was, well, he was attempting to rape this 10-year-old in the bed, and she says, I think then he would have killed me. This, this whole, this this little girl, this girl was let down, the, the, the deceased girl was let down by this Brazoria County, but she's also let down by adults. Mm-hmm. How do you allow this creep? And he is a creep, and I don't mind tattoos. He had Nazi tattoos, you know. All it was—it's ridiculous what a bad actor he looked like, and what a bad actor he was. Yeah, this this uh, girl that we just heard from said that she was able to run to her aunt, and that's what what stopped this. And I guess, thankfully, that aunt uh, took charge, and they went and tried to get charges pressed against this gentleman. He was able to plead those down, but she also talked about how. That house where this happened backed up against woods. And I have no doubt if it had been mm-hmm. through, that would have been a dumping ground for him and he would have moved on. Yes, failure by the families, yep. failure by the Brazoria County, anybody and everybody that was involved in not having him down. And then failure because he had an extended criminal history besides that one case. These monsters who do this to children do not change. No. They do not change. They are not reformed. They will continue doing it. They have to be locked away for a very, very long time. He's not the only one who's gone down this path. They don't change. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. Call or text to join the conversation. Mark, this the, 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 it, he got charged with enticing a child from the 2007 deal, sentenced to two years in prison, he got credit for almost one and a half years served. That is not wrong. Well, that's not right. And what about the, the enticing a child? It should have been attempted rape. This guy, if this, this is worse, almost worse than a slap on the wrist. Six months. Six months he served for this. Yeah, because they cut him loose to go do it again. Yeah. And, and now the little girl uh, has paid with her life. Right. Yeah. When, are, when are we going to learn? When are we going to elect DAs that are tough on crime? When are we going to do that? That was back in 2007. I know, back when thought it was, it was tough back then. 512-836-0590. You can join the conversation. Call or text us. The news is next at the top of the hour. Much more to cover right after that with Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio. KLBJ.